0: Um, if you're watching online for the first time or visiting us for the first time, my name is Efren Pena. I am the campus pastor here at Southfields Santa Clarita, and we are super uh, excited that you are here with us, joining us. Uh, today, we uh, continue in our series titled All Together Now, All Together Now, and the idea behind this series is really pretty... really. I think it's really incredible is that that we get the opportunity to take a group of challenges all together. We get this incredible privilege of joining up our hearts, our minds, linking arms, right, and taking a group of challenges together. Why? Because faith requires action. Faith requires action, and we have to do something with our beliefs in order for them to make a difference, right? We can talk a good game about how we believe in God and how we believe in Jesus, but in order to complete our faith, to make it complete, we have to take our belief, our faith, right, and and add to that some actions. we got to follow it up. Right, with uh, uh, an action on our behalf that kind of says, Hey, I'm taking my faith and I'm putting it into action and I'm doing A, B, C, or D. Right, James chapter 2, verse 22 says, You see, faith and his actions, his faith and his actions worked together, his actions made his faith complete. Faith without works, right, is, is empty. We need to put it together in order to make it complete. And here's the thing. We know that. We're Christians. We've been going to church for quite a bit. We've heard this before. We can't just walk around with just having faith. We actually have to combine it. We've been talking about it over the last several weeks. But, you know, something happens when when we take this understanding, knowing that that we're going to have to do something to grow spiritually, right? We cannot be stagnant. We cannot kind of just stay where we are, where we were last year or where we were when we first got connected with Jesus. There has to be growth, right? There has to be growth. And, the, the, and if there is no growth, then it's dead, right? If your plant at home is not growing, then it is dead, Right, And it's the same thing in our faith. There has to be growth. But when it comes to that, when it comes to to growing, it's going to require us to do something. It's going to require us to step out of our comfort zone, kind of stretch us, if you would. And sometimes we don't like to be stretched. Sometimes we don't like to be uncomfortable. In fact, certain steps feel somewhat Intimidating. But here's the thing, everything is less scary, everything is less intimidating when we're surrounded by people we trust, people that uh, we love, people that are willing to support us by coming alongside of us and doing life with us. And that's why I love the local church. Right, The local church, we have people that are willing to stand alongside one another, to to be the armor bearers, if you would, to help one another. We're willing to pray for one another. We're willing to encourage the other person to get through whatever it is that they need to get through. We're willing to support and encourage and motivate. We're willing to worship with other people in order to help people get from point A to point B, the growth process. And so over the last two weeks, we've talked, we've taken these challenges, right? the The first week one challenge was to serve. To sign up to serve, and, and and many of you did that. And last week, the the challenge was to give to give to B O W, and we as a church, not only this campus, but as an entire church, uh, thirteen campuses were able to give to B O W, and 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 B O W. All of the proceeds, all of the money that was donated, was going to feed one, to help feed children. And I love that. I love when the Church of God gets together. Believes in one thing, in a vision, and steps forward to take on the challenge and does what the does what the church does best. So let's see what this week's challenge brings about. Let me let me ask you this: <clears throat> Have you ever? <clears throat> excuse me. Have you ever had someone invite you to go somewhere or do something that uh, with them, and your initial thought was? Oh man, I don't I really don't like doing that. Or or man, I really don't like going to those places, but I like that person. I like that person and 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 so because you like that person, you like hanging out with that person, it 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 makes you open to their invitation. Anybody ever done that before, like, like they want to take you to a restaurant and that you know you don't like their food, but because you like hanging out with that person, because you like who that person is, you're like, oh, okay, I'll go, right? Let me give you another example. Like, man, I don't like watching sporting events. I really don't like watching sporting events, but I do like pastoree. I do like Pastor E, and I only go and watch the game because it's with him. Right, watching the game with Pastor E was kind of fun. Wait, I think I like watching sporting events now. Right, but there's a chance that that can also backfire. Right? It doesn't always play out that way. There's a chance that that could backfire. The, the response could, could very well be like, man, I can't believe Pastor E invited me to watch that dumb game. Like, really? Like, like I, I now think that <laughs> Pastor E went from here to here on my chart list. All right? I now think that Pastor E is lame because he's like, he likes watching this stuff. So it can actually backfire. And I want want to to be clear with that, right? But here's the truth about us people. We're nervous if people don't like what we like, right? We're nervous if people don't like what we like, which then leads us to think that they don't or they won't like us. And the truth is, we want to be liked. This is why some of us hide, hide parts of who we are from other people. Because we don't want other people to know about the, the parts that could, that could offset the relationship. Because deep down inside, we want to be liked. Right? Nobody goes, I don't care what other people say. I don't care what people think about. No, really. You say that. But the truth is, we want to be liked. Let me ask you this. Is there a part of you that you don't like to share with people because you're afraid that they might not approve? Is there a part of you that you don't like sharing with others or letting people see because you're afraid that they might not like you because of it? And if they don't approve of that, then they, not may, they might not accept you for who you are. I don't want people to know how much I really spent on these jeans. They'll think I'm bougie and shallow so what? There are more holes than there are jeans. I don't want people to know that I actually do still like McDonald's. They'll think that I'm low class and I'm dumb and unhealthy, but I really like the nuggets. I wasn't talking about myself, just in case you were wondering. I don't want people to know that I like watching The Bachelor. They'll think that I'm weird, uncultured, and tasteless. I feel like if people knew that about me, they would just judge me. But there's another part of me that thinks that if they gave it a chance, that they'd love it too, those chicken nuggets. And so now the question becomes, church, do you take take the risk? Do you walk the plank and tell them, let them in on that secret about you, the thing that you, you think that they won't like about you. And for some of us, the thing at the very top of that list that we wonder if we should risk letting other people know, letting our friends and our families know, is that we go to church and we love it. We actually love it. Some of you say you're forced to come, but actually you keep coming because you like me. And I'll take it. We go to church and we love it and it's the best part of our week. And we're just as surprised by that as anyone else because at one time we used to hate the idea of church. At one time you came once a week, once a month. At one time you came only uh, once a year. But now you find yourself going three, four times a month. And you used to hate church until you found this church. But it has and continues to change not only your life, but the life of your family as well. Friends, the truth is you want other people to be impacted by the church just like it has impacted you and if they came if your family and friends came they too would experience what you have experienced but the thought process jumps in and says to you man but what what if they don't come what if they don't come what if they assume it's something that it's not what if they brush me off because they think it's going to be judgy Right or they think it's going to be boring or irrelevant to real life or it's going to be controlling this place where everybody thinks and dresses and votes the same way which doesn't happen to be my way what if they never fail to tell me that right what if they never excuse me what if they never tell me that what if they never give me a chance to defend it What if they assume I'm those things because those are the only types of church people that they've been exposed to, the only type of church people that they know, even though that's not who I am? Man, that's a a big risk to take. That's a big risk to take. But here's the thing, church. We want people to find their way to church. We want people to find their way to church, to connect in community and organize their lives around the teachings of Jesus in order to experience life to the fullest. We want that for them. We want that for our family and friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and people that we love and care about. We actually want that for them. We just don't want to have to personally invite them to do those things because that might be uncomfortable. I'm just going to step to the side here and pray for them secretly, right, and hope, and hope that one day they will drive by the church and, and be caught by the flag or, or, or the, the, the connect booth or they'll see somebody at the door and, and they will just feel that gravitational pull and that they would just say, oh, I need to make a turn into this parking lot. Go to church. That's how some of us feel. Like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. So I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray that somehow, by some miraculous intervention, they're going to come to church. But listen, church, hope, hope is helpful. But it is definitely not a plan. God's brilliant strategy to reach your community is actually you. It's not the pastor. No matter how awesome I am, you can't put that on my shoulders. God's plan, that miraculous intervention that you are so hoping and praying for, for your family and your friends and your coworkers to come to church is actually you. You. But how do we invite people to experience, right, to experience what's helped us without hurting our relationship with them in the process? Because I don't want to offend them. I want to be invited over for the next barbecue. So how do I do that? I don't want our, my passion to be perceived as fanatical, as forceful or preachy. I want to watch the next season of The Bachelor with them, in their house, with their food. (laughs) Church, these are all great questions, questions that you've probably had before and continue to have today. All great questions. And we're not the first Christ followers to ask these questions, honestly. Let's jump into some scripture here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 and 13. And this is a story about Matthew. And it says, later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable this, this sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. Matthew's life had been changed Right Matthew's life had been changed by Jesus, and he wanted to connect other people that he did life with, people that he would recognize, people that he cared about, right? He wanted to connect people to Jesus so that they too could experience life-changing transformation. And so what does he do? He invites his friends. He invites his uh, co-workers. He invites Jesus and, and, and his disciples, and they, he brings them all together. He brings them all together for a party, for a get-together, right? Matthew here is showing us this three-step process to connect people around you to Christ. And he starts off with number one. He starts off by investing. He invests. Matthew doesn't start with strangers. He doesn't start by going door to door. Hey, want to come to church with me? Right? He doesn't start by standing on a soapbox and yelling, you need to go to church. Yeah, you in the iron shirt. I don't know you, but I know you need Jesus. Right? He doesn't do any of that, right? He starts off with those that he already has a relationship with people that he 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 that people that live in his community in his neighborhood people that he goes to work with he invites people that that he drinks a cup of coffee with people that he 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 does life right with and so my question is who are those people for you People that you work with, people that you live across the street from, people that you work out with at the gym, people that you say have a more than just a, 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 a high and buy relationship with at the grocery store, right? Some of you are just chatty people. You talk to the, the coffee person, you talk to the mailman, you talk to the, the store clerk, and you, you, want, you know everything about them. Like how their kids are doing, what kind of car they drive, where they're going for the holidays. So you have a relationship with them, and that's what Matthew did. He was, he was going to people that he already knew. And so are you investing in people you have relationships with or are close to so that they can see Jesus in you. You know what sometimes goes through my head? That I wonder if if people who don't invite other people to church don't invite because they are not living the life they know they should live. I just thought that I have. Because Here's the deal. I want everybody that I know to know Jesus. Jesus has done some incredible things in my life. And the reason I'm standing on this platform is because what Jesus has done in my life, the life transformation that he has given me. And I want people to know about that. I want people to be connected to Jesus. True faith church it doesn't have to be complicated. Have them over for dinner, have them over for a barbecue, invite them to watch the game, the lame Dodgers. I don't know. I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. Just a little bit. Throw a neighborhood barbecue. Invite them to watch the Bills lose this weekend. I don't know. Uh, it's a joke. You guys are instigators. You see, here at South Hills, we actually built a core value around this idea. And that idea is that we don't wait for someone else to reach our friends. We don't wait for someone else to reach our friends. I'm not going to wait for for Aaron to to come to my community and go around and say, hey, you got any friends I can invite to church? No, I'm going to do it. These are my friends. These are people that I care about. These are people that I want to do life with. And so we don't wait for someone else to reach our friends. And the idea is that we believe God put us in these people's lives for a divine purpose. You live in that neighborhood. You li- work at, the, at that job. You, you go, um, you, 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 you build that relationship with those people for a purpose and a reason. So invest in them. And after you invest, number two, you invite. The reality is at this, at some point, you're going to have to say something about your faith. You cannot put the mask on (laughs) and try to hide your faith. You cannot go around living life pretending not to be a believer in Jesus. You cannot pray at one moment and and go to the next moment and do something different. That's not how it works, friends. At some point or another, you're going to have to speak about your faith. You cannot just be nice. You cannot just smile and wave. Right? How many of us do that? We see the neighbor. Smile and wave. Some of you say some other things about your neighbors, but that's a different, that's a different sermon here, right? We cannot just keep our relationship with Jesus to ourselves. We're going to have to do something about it. We're going to have to take action with our faith. And so do you talk to the people in your life about how Jesus has changed your life and how your church has helped you keep track, keep on track? When was the last time you invited them to church? When was the last time that you invited your best friends to church? When was the last time you invited your co workers? When was the last time you invited your aunt, your uncle, your cousin to church? When was the last time you invited your baseball friends, your football friends, your basketball friends, your tennis friends, your crochet friends? We don't discriminate at this church. When was the last time you invited your barbecue friends? I know some of you have, and I'm waiting for the invite. I want to be your barbecue friend. We need to keep inviting even if they said no. Lastly, we need to include. Invest, invite, and include. Look for opportunities to get your unchurched friends around your church friends people just people don't just want to believe they want to belong they want to belong people aren't looking for a friendly church they are actually looking for friends people that they can do life with people that they can surround themselves with that will encourage them and love on them and help them support them true community is what keeps us involved and connected a sense of community is a belief that we've bonded to and belong with a particular group of people that help us understand that we, who we are and how to interpret and interact with the world around us. That is, what, that is what comes from being part of a church. Notice it doesn't say in the story that everyone that Matthew invited to his party connected with Jesus immediately, not everyone who came to the party immediately believed everything that Jesus said and changed everything about their lives that very day. Because probably it didn't happen that way. People left the party and they were like, man, this food was good, but I'm a little skeptical about that guy. Right? Instead, maybe a couple probably thought, man, that was weird. Not usually the type of people that I like to hang around with. Maybe someone else said, man, I was skeptical, but it was better than I thought. Some of the stuff he was saying was kind of cool. The wine was really good too, right? Maybe the the fact of the matter is that, that God is just asking you to invite. He's not asking you to forgive other people. He's not asking you to to lay your hands on them and and transform their life. This is the way real life works, friends. Most of us don't fully sell out to something the first time that we're introduced to it. Commitment, life-changing faith, it's all a process, but it has to start somewhere. The Apostle Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, after all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Friends, think about how slow plants grow. Ever sat there and watched a plant grow? <laughs> think about how many things have to happen in the right way at the right time, in the right order, in order for that to plant to grow. Think about all the different elements involved: the sun, the water, the soil. And if you happen to be a gardener, think about how many of those elements are completely out of your control. And yet, and yet, you still have a role. Paul says this in Romans 10. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Essentially, Paul is saying our role is to show and tell. Show people what a life rooted in the way of Jesus looks like. And tell them that Jesus is the reason our life looks this way. Friends, people, people want to be... People want to be where they're wanted, but they don't know where they're wanted if they're never invited. You ever said to yourself, man, I wish people would come to my house. I wish I I could cook for people or I wish I could do this, but how would they ever know if you've never invited them? You know what showing and telling looks like? It looks like investing, inviting, and including let me wrap this up. Investing, inviting, and including. This is the brilliance, the brilliance of what Matthew does. He doesn't try and explain the doctrines. He doesn't try to explain the doctrines of his faith. He doesn't give a detailed religious argument or give a three-point PowerPoint, uh, a three-part PowerPoint presentation on why they should believe. He simply and basically just says, man, I know you like me, and I really like this. And it would mean a lot to me, it would mean a lot to me if you came along with me to be in the place and meet some of the people that have made such a difference in my life. I got some cool musicians that we could jam out with at church. I got this lady who makes a mean banana nut bread. I got some cool guys guys that love football and we'll get together and we'll watch a game. But along with all the other things that they do, they'll pray for me. They'll encourage me. They'll support me. They'll be by my side when I need them. And guess what? A bunch of them will always show up. And the same thing will happen in your life if we just invest, invite. Right? If we just invest, invite, and include. They may not have liked religion or the rabbi, But they liked Matthew. Some of them didn't come because Jesus was going to be there. In fact, probably most of them came because of Matthew. Matthew had a good tri-tip on the grill. They probably thought to themselves, man, I wouldn't normally go, but I'll go with you. I'll go for you. And they came and they still had their guard up. But it was different than they thought it was going to be. And afterward, they probably found themselves wondering on the way home. Man, I think, I think I like that rabbi dude. He was kind of cool. Some of the things he was sharing and saying were, were really deep. Kind of tugged at my heart. Kind of made me feel different. And church at South Hills, we think, we think of this church as our spiritual family. Look around you. Look, look at the people around you. This is your spiritual family. And that's not unique to us. Christians throughout history came to think those, they followed Christ, those that followed Christ alongside of them as their chosen family. And they would often do what Matthew did. Maybe this message has got you thinking Maybe this message has got you thinking about all of the people in your life that you've never really tried to bring with you to church. You do life with them. You go to the things that they invite you to, but you've never really invited them to church. Maybe specific names and faces are coming to mind at this moment. Maybe you're wondering, man, how do I invite that person to experience what's helped me without hurting our relationship in the process? And here's what I would suggest, church. Invite someone to experience your family without expecting them to embrace your faith. Don't try to shove Jesus down their throat. Don't have expectations that they're going to raise their hand and say yes to Jesus that day you bring him. Just invite someone to experience your church family. I'm sure there's someone in here in this room that you connect with. I'm sure there's someone here in this room that you think highly of. I'm sure there's someone in this room that you respect. I'm sure there's someone in here that you would drop anything to go and hang out with them. I'm sure there's someone in this room that you would love to have dinner with, to watch a game with, to root for your team with, to break bread, to play a sport, to crochet, to to watch a movie with. Invite someone to experience that person. Listen, it doesn't have to be me. Man, I got the coolest pastor. That's cool. Maybe maybe someone else in the church that you think more highly of. Their spiritual journey, like all spiritual journeys, is going to be a process. But you have a part to play in that process. Seeds don't grow unless they're planted. And today, friends, you are the gardener. You are the one chosen to do the planting. Check this out. People don't show up where they're not invited. People won't show up where they're not invited. Nobody's crashing church. (laughs) Right? No, one's like, oh, let's see what happens if we go into the church on Rowdy. Let's see what happens if we sneak in. No, people don't crash church. People come to church because someone invited them. People don't respond to messages that they've never heard. People don't accept the Jesus that they never encountered. People won't feel embraced by a family they've never experienced. I know it feels like a risk, church, but it's one worth taking because someone took the risk of inviting me. My wife took a risk of inviting me to church one day. She said, man, I really like this guy. He's really handsome. He's really good looking. He is fine, right? And I want to get to know him a little better, right? He's really cool. But, but man, what if I invite him to church, he's going to look at me funny. If I invite him to come meet the people that I love and care for and do life with, man, that might hurt my, my, my hopes of getting but hooking up with him, right? Here's the thing. She gave me a tape of cassette tape. Of music that she loved to listen to, I looked at it and be like, I better better be some hip hop on this thing. And it started with something like that. She cared enough for me to invite me. And twenty-eight years later, I'm on a platform asking you to invite someone that you care for. So what are we all gonna do together now? Here's what every single person in here should do. Invite someone today. Invite someone today and bring them with you next week. Because it matters. It matters, right? It matters because let me share with you why some of these things matter. Because we took financial peace and learned to manage our money here at South Hills. And now we're debt free. Because together, where you guys, the church helped me and my family get through the last 16 months. Right? Because I have found a place where I belong. Because I'm making my family better. Because I have found a place to be me and worship me. Because I feel at home in this community. Because my walk with the Lord has been restarted. Because my husband and I have found our way back to church. Because now I have a church, a place to belong. Every single Sunday, somebody is greeting me, someone is acknowledging me. Because I continue to learn more of the Lord. And how to be a better me, right? Because his family has re- this, because my family has reconnected, right, with old friends, right? And we look forward to growing together, right? There's so many reasons why we, Im- we should be inviting people to church. I just gave you a few. You have your own story of why inviting someone to church is important. You have your own life-changing transformation of why it's important. Don't (laughs) let the opportunity slip by. Invite that person that's in your heart right now. Right after service, go to them. Call them, text them, go to lunch, go to dinner, hang out this week and say, hey, I need you to come to church with me. Come and see what has changed my life. Come and let me introduce you to another Dodger fan, another Bills fan, another Steelers fan. Come introduce them to the ultimate Yankee fan there are people that you know their life would be better if they just connected with Jesus. And you have this opportunity now to do so, to put your faith and your action together to make it complete. So what they say no. Again, you keep inviting Tell them about family month. Tell them to bring their kids. Tell them all of the fun stuff that's happening. Sell it like it was the best thing in this world, which it is. I hope you understand my heart, church. Hope you understand where I'm coming from. All of this goodness that's boxed in this church, cannot just be for us. There's a world of people that we do life with that need to hear it and experience it for themselves. Amen. Now, I'm going to pray at the end of this, but I want to share with you a video in just a second here. And it speaks into some of the things that I just shared with you today, but its purpose, its main purpose is to give you a little bit of wisdom and insight as to the future of our church, South Hills. Pastor Chris Songson and Pastor Moses uh, have put together a video, and I think it's super important, uh, and I believe with them, it's super important to share with the church uh, the future of our church and what God has entrusted us with and where we're going as a church in whole. And uh, so I want you to pay close attention to the screen here.
1: This week, we uh, had the opportunity to gather all the staff together. We do that a few times throughout the year. It's an opportunity to worship together and just kind of go through uh, things that are coming up. This all staff was a, a little bit different. This was an opportunity for me uh, to share with them some things that God has been doing in my heart. 23 years ago, we started South Hills Church, and uh, about a year, or probably longer than that, probably a year, year and a half ago, um, I felt like the Lord uh, was doing something in my heart, and then uh, a few months back, I met with Moses, and uh, I shared with him this. I said, I, I think it's time for me to step down as the lead pastor, and both. Um, I've already done this a couple of times. I thought I was out of tears. <laughs> this is salty discharge. Um, I felt like it was time for uh, a new person to become the lead pastor. And it was a difficult conversation, and we talked many hours, and then we met again and talked more hours, and we met again and talked more hours. And uh, each time I had to buy lunch, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> so we talked quite a bit, and um, then it was time to talk to the board. I wanted and needed the board to affirm what I believe that God wanted him to step into. In my heart, I was confident that Moses needed to be the next lead pastor of South Hills Church. I'll never forget when when I first met Moses. It was 15 years ago, and he was an usher at the Corona Main Street campus, and he asked me some leadership questions, and I thought, Boy, this guy's asking some great questions and uh, we set up an appointment he comes to my office starts asking me more questions we went through the leadership book together we met many many times that led to me talking to him about leaving his teaching career in the public school to becoming part of the staff that 15 years later would be the lead pastor that would take over for you mm. that's an amazing thing only god can do that god has a way of seeing in us what we can't see in ourselves he's helped the church tremendously i mean we went from a few campuses to 13 campuses Man, we've become uh, more solid in our staffing. There's just so many wins that have happened under his leadership, and I believe with all my heart that the wins are gonna even be greater in the future as he takes on this new role. There is this spiritual sort of things that happens. It happened quite a bit throughout the Bible where one leader would say, okay, my time is coming to an end in leading in this way, uh, and now this person is gonna lead. Uh, It was always known as a mantle And, and I went ahead and I looked up what biblical mantle meant. It means inheriting another person's dreams and responsibilities. And that's what Pastor Moses is doing. 23 years ago started South Hills with a dream of reaching the unchurched. And now he's taking that mantle, that baton, and continuing to run and fulfill that dream. It's a little baton. I love what it says. Your race begins now, mm. and uh, South Hills Church 2021, and uh, I'd love for you to hold on to this and and uh, somewhere down the road you'll give that baton to someone else and you'll just change the date, <laughs> but uh, it's a baton to you just to say that uh, the mantle is is now yours.
2: As you can imagine, um, the news was absolutely shocking to me at first just because Um, I have always just said yes to God in whatever role He had for me. And as I sat and just listened to God's voice, um, it was just this calm reminder that it was the dream and the vision that attracted me to South Hills from the very beginning. I wanted to be a part of a place that not only was going to feed my soul, was going to draw me closer to Christ, but I also wanted to be a part of a church where I would never be afraid to bring a guest. It didn't matter what Sunday it was. It was always going to be a Sunday that was going to be impactful to their life. There was a time where, where one of my good friends in high school Um, Her family had brought in a a girl into their home and she had a really rough story grew up in a group home um, had been hurt drastically from people and she had never been to church before and as she walked in she looked different And one of the ladies there as she walked in she said, excuse me At this church um, We dress In our best I'll never forget the look on her face and the look on her face was like here we go again I'm not good enough I don't fit in why did you bring me here Mm -hmm. and so when I heard about this church called South Hills and I walked into the service and I was absolutely blown away with how intentional South Hills was Mm -hmm. with making sure that anyone who walked through these doors would feel loved, welcomed, wanted, and so I just want to say thank you because your heart, your vision, your dreams that you talked about was what was in my head and my heart, and I am honored, absolutely humbled and honored that you would think of me to be the guy, (laughs) to be the next leader, to run with your dream. And, uh, And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for believing, for trusting, and for wanting to see people win. South Hills will always be the place where it's gonna be safe to invite a guest. And not only that, you can count on them having the experience of a lifetime. You may be wondering, how does Pastor Chris stepping down from being lead pastor and me stepping into being the senior pastor, um, how does that affect you? You know, your campus pastor is going to continue to speak. Obviously, I'll have to bring somebody else in to run the operations of what I was doing, and I'll be stepping in into the visionary of where we're going, what we're doing, how can we continue to do ministry in bigger and greater ways. And so we're excited to see unchurched people come to know Christ, cross the line of faith, give their life to God, and see who God has in store next to make a difference in God's kingdom. So I'm excited about the
1: future. It has been an amazing 23 years being lead pastor and the next 23 are going to be even greater because God always calls us to better. And I am just so excited about my new role, being able to expand South Hills and to serve with Pastor Moses, but also to serve him now as the lead and senior pastor. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Pray for Pastor Moses and Jill. It is a new role for them and it, can, it comes with some mixed emotions and fears and all sorts of things. I just encourage you to get behind them, love on them, pray for them, and believe God with all of our hearts together that the future is going to just surpass anything that's happened in the past.
0: So there you have it. We have a new senior pastor and I and love- what he says uh, about our church, because we, what we do here at South Hills is intentional. Everything that we do from the worship to the message to the greeting to the kids, we do it intentional and with reason and purpose so that it is a place that is welcoming to those. As we transition into our time of giving, um, there are several ways that we can uh, give, obviously, to South Hills through our digital platforms, and you can use the envelope system in the back. But I want to encourage you to do your best as you give. I'm excited about the future of our church. I'm excited to see the families that you invite as they come to church and they experience for themselves uh, who God is and what God can do. Amen.